And as I was looking at Elaine, I was thinking, man, she has piercing blue eyes like my dad. And I thought to myself, I had this, this overwhelming feeling that was coming up, surging up through me. And I thought, I'm going to cry. That's me, Kevin, and this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hello there, I hope you had a nice week. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Yoga Life Podcast with just me, Kevin. Um, No guest today, I'm doing a solo effort. This is a reflection of module two, uh, my Bryce teacher training. The first module was back in March. That was 16 days in a row. And this time it was 10 days. So 300 hours done. It, um, so I'm going to take you through day one right up to day 10. Uh, everything I experienced, um, maybe some of the stuff you don't see, didn't see on social media, kind of a, a BTS, that's a new acronym I learned, a behind the scenes, if you will, of uh, the training. It was made clear from the outset before we started the course that this module was going to be more hands-on. The first module we learnt the ideas and the concepts and this one was going to be how we're going to apply them. So how we would essentially be practice teaching. And seeing those two words, practice teaching, put together, um, put the fear of God in me a little bit. Because although I am quite a confident person, when you're teaching in front of your peers, it's pretty nerve-wracking. And... um, also, they we were told that we were going to be doing a lot more physical adjustments as well, which, to be honest, since the first module in, back in March, I didn't apply any of that. I did very little physical adjustments, if any. Um, I didn't really have the confidence to uh, do that in class, in public classes. So the first, how they structured it was, there was 10 days in a row. Uh, then we had two half days where we finished at 2 o'clock. Day one, we, we, you know, we started pretty early. We would get in for before seven, do same format as before, do a two-hour practice. This would include uh, pranayama, um, singing, chanting, meditation, or kirtan, and um, then about an hour and a half physical practice. After that, we would go through some asana or philosophy or business, have our lunch, come back, then break down certain asanas where we help to physically adjust each other and then we finish in the evening with another hour and a half practice so the first day i showed up this time round i was completely overwhelmed which is very unlike me i i i've always been a bit of a social butterfly you know growing up i was for want of a better word pretty popular in school um, you know, I was a prom king of my school. You know, that's kind of means like people like you, which is which is always nice. Better to be liked than disliked, I guess. Um, but as I've grown older, I have, and particularly since I stopped partying and um, kind of acting the fool, really, I've become a little bit more serious. I've I treat my life with 
more structure um, and have more intensity in what I'm doing. And I, 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 that's, I feel it's because I now have a bit more direction. Before I started teaching yoga and actually getting up in the morning and looking forward to doing my job, I used to mess about in work and uh, I used to enjoy being the clown and in my life in general. But a lot has changed for me recently, particularly in the last year since I've been teaching full time. And that was became really apparent in this module versus the last one in March. Because on the first day, I walked into Hot Yoga Dublin, which is a lovely studio up in North, North, North Dublin. And everyone, the noise level was really high. Everyone was excited, hugging each other, buzzing to see each other. And it was too much for me. I couldn't handle it. I, I just lay down on the floor, put my mat down, and just <laughs> like put my um, my hands over my face and just chill there because I um, I just found it. Um, I couldn't couldn't really deal with all the the intense interaction and seeing everyone and catching up. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, last year, not last year, it feels like last year. Last module, I was, whenever a question was asked, or uh, there was a chance to ask a question in the class, I'd stick my hand up and want to show off what I knew and try and be the centre of attention. And I've realised that um, I've just changed, and I think we all do. I, I don't I want to take a back seat now. And... Um, I, uh, yeah, so that that was that was a bit of a surprise for me, and everyone kept coming up to me asking me, uh, which is really nice, asking me, "Are you okay? Is everything alright? Are you sick?" I says, "I'm not sick. I just don't really want to know what you've been doing for the last six months." <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Um, it's not that massively important to me. I know from social media, and um, you know, happy to catch up over lunch, one on one, or a little group, but just everyone in the room. Um, it was a bit bit too much for me, but yeah. Um, so that that was that was day one, um, and funnily enough, ironically, the focus on day one was to talk about effective communication. <laughs> so we we talked about how to listen with empathy and how to receive information from someone else without jumping in, without making your point or trying to show them that you understand by telling a similar story and this can be really difficult so for for our people in general because we want we're not really good at listening are we we're all good at talking but listening is so difficult so they split us up into partners i was with someone i knew quite well um and it's <laughs> funny that, you know it's kind of um, talking about empathy, my partner, we had to tell uh, like a personal story that moved us or something to that effect. And my partner, while telling her story, began to cry. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the best thing, best way to react was. I thought, okay, I can't react by saying, that's okay, it happened to me too, because that's me butting in. Uh, should I hug them? Should I put my hand on them? But that sometimes that can make someone worse, more even more upset when they're crying. So I was having to rethink how I listened to someone, which was fascinating. And then it started making me think, man, I can't remember the last time I cried. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that's not a good thing. 
Um, so, yeah, it's. I was thinking, like, Kev, have you, I was thinking, Kev, have you actually lost your ability to communicate with people, or are you or are you getting rusty? Um, you know, in your old age. <laughs> so, we so we did that task, and that was kind of interesting. Um, then we went back and had seen how we could apply that to a class when you're teaching. We talked about effective cueing, so there was action, uh, passive, and reinforcement cues, and how the reality is a lot of us teachers just use action cues, so step your right foot forward, and we don't use other cues to uh, make our teaching stronger. So that was brilliant. It was so useful, and Bryce, Bryce, Dice and Bry really broke that down um, so well because we knew that that 10 days we're going to have to be teaching in front of the other so we should this is information we can use straight away um the the, the, the uh, those 10 days weren't as physically challenging as what they were in the, in the first module i think because we were ready for it we knew what to expect um, so it, all the handstands, it wasn't that much of a surprise. Um, and also, again, we the focus was on how do we apply our teaching skills as opposed to how well can we handstand. Um, so there's a lot more hands-on adjustments and assisting. And I felt way more comfortable doing it this time because we knew each other and we could practice this in, in more depth. And, and I'm pleased to say that since then, since the 10 days has finished, um, I've done way more straight away. As soon as I had my first public class after the training, I was doing physical adjustments. I was doing them with you know, things like trikonasana. So I was doing the yummy adjustments, which is when you say someone's in child's pose and you put your hands on their lower back and give them a little massage or just press down the lower back a little bit. That's to make them feel good. And then I was doing the um, alignment adjustments as well. So I've been doing both now, which is, I'm buzzing because it's great that we had that continuity between the first module and the second module, because then you can apply it. It's going to stick um, when you've had a bit of time to realize, oh, I haven't been doing this for the last few months. And now I get a chance to really practice it with my peers. So fast forward to the tra the actual teaching itself, teaching our peers, we... I realized that you get into bad habits as a teacher. You, th you think you're doing things the optimal way just because you've always done it that way. So Bry and Dice split us up, put us into two groups, and we did some class format training. So essentially we would have a spreadsheet and we would have um, six sections of the class. The first would be opening in Serie A, then you'd have Serie B warm up and flow, do your externals and you do standing twists peak pose and core you do your active and your passive counters and then you do your closing inversions your cool down your shavasana or meditation and this was brilliant because it, it made me realize that my classes can be way more balanced so we split that up we we, we did out a class and then we essentially um, talked through the class to our peers and they chipped in and gave their feedback that was massively helpful then when it came to actually teaching each other, this wasn't done till about halfway through the 10 days, and uh, or it was actually closer towards the end. And we were told before we would, we would 
have a full class, so a full flow, and then each person would have a different sequence of that class. So one person would do the intro, and then the next person would do the warm up, next person would do Syria A, which was me, and, um, and so forth. We were told that we'd be reviewed on our voice projection, our tone, our modulation, how we used our cues, the pace, uh, our adjustments, and our presence. So this was how we would walk the room. And when I knew this day was coming, I, I actually didn't prepare at all, which probably sounds counterintuitive. Why wouldn't you prepare for something that you're really nervous for? But my theory was, why not teach or I should teach in the way that I always teach. This is how I teach a public class so I can get true honest feedback on what I've been doing for the last six months as opposed to just designing like um, a sequence and teaching a sequence that isn't really my authentic self. Um, so that's, the, that's what I did. It's interesting because the feedback I got, um, Brian Dice sat in the corner t taking notes and um, the feedback that I got was that I walked too much, which I know I did. I paced around the room I, like a caged lion. I was, um, that was to hide my nerves. And um, I had once heard something brilliant. I don't know, I can't remember who it was from, but uh, maybe it been Adam Husler, I'm not sure. But it was to speak and walk one or the other. So don't do both at the same time. You know, stand still, say your cue and then walk. But don't do both because it can be a little bit intimidating when you're pacing behind people and then down dog. <laughs> um, I did do adjustments though. That's the first thing I did. I made sure the, as soon as it was my turn to come up, everyone was in down dog. I went straight over to the nearest hips I could find, placed my hands on them to press them down. I was like, great, I've, I've broken that barrier. I've got my hands on someone. I'm doing do an adjustment. And that's what I do now in class. I, as soon as people come to down dog, I find someone who could need an adjustment and I help them out. And then boom, I've broken that barrier. I've done my first adjustment and the rest from there are easier. My pace, I think my pace was pretty good. I do, I, I purposely spoke slowly because when you're nervous, you speak fast. Now, my cues, they were the same cues I, I always do, were mostly action-based cues. Um, and, uh, and my voice projection, tone, modulation, I think they're they're always pretty good. I um I don't I think my my voice is one of my strengths. Um, but that day it was a bit quivering. It was quivering a little bit, although I tried to hide it. Um, so w when they gave they had a brilliant way of. Uh, we didn't find out till two days afterwards what our feedback was, but when we did, it was done on the actual graduation day. And uh, so they sit us all around, they have a stack of certificates and they, it's quite clever how they, they did it. They had, we would say, okay, we're going to start naming, start describing traits of this person and then you have to guess who it is. So we're all sitting around and Dice says, okay, the first person, didn't say he or she, is a full-time teacher in Dublin they are not they have been living here for a while or something like this and lo and behold it was me so i went up to collect my certificate got my photograph standard 
and then sat down and it was the same for everyone else and what I noticed was they didn't give any negative feedback they only gave positive and then you could read the negative feedback not the negative sorry the not negative feedback you could read the uh, advice or uh, rooms for development room for development section in your own time and I think that's really important particularly in Ireland because we have culturally we Irish English people we want to say have a tendency to put ourselves down anyway and that was really apparent with all the train uh, not all of some of the trainees who would constantly doubt themselves um even me who would generally consider ourselves you know quite confident so that was good because you don't want to give someone for want of a better word negative feedback in front of all their peers especially on the last day it's just a bit of a downer um so that was really well done and um yeah, so that so everyone got their certificate, and we all had a big hug, uh, hugged each other, and then we went out for our graduation dinner. Um, yeah, Bry and Dice took us to this lovely new restaurant that had opened up locally in Malahide, and it was vegetarian, really nice setting. Um, we all sit in like random seats, and it was it was nice. It was really nice to go out of dinner. But I actually noticed one thing. Um, that I was, we I was sitting on a big long table right at the end, and I was with all the twenty odd year olds, um, kind of late, you know, people in their twenties. Most people, almost everyone, was on their phone practically for the whole evening. I looked down the other end of the table, people in their late thirties, early forties, talking, having a conversation. I was thinking, man, these people are nice, but can I move? I want to talk as opposed to take pictures of things. Um, but you know, that's that's the that's the self-employed hustle, isn't it? You have to publicise everything. I'm guilty of it myself. Uh, but I do think, though, phones at dinner time shouldn't be allowed. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that myself, making sure I'm not checking my phone at dinner. But, yeah, it was, it was great. I uh, didn't stay out for long, um, as always. Uh, didn't have anything to drink. Um, but it was nice to, to be out with everyone and actually see everyone in non-yoga clothes, you know, in their, in their, in their fancy gear. Um, yeah then uh, something okay so we we had this this thing we did um, on the very last day which was like acro day slash partner yoga um, activity and um, we, we did this in the first module they lined us up and we it was really fun the little sequence they had the music they had it was kind of like a party and it's really good but then at the st towards the start of the um, activity we lined up with each other and we looked across so we had to basically look at the other person it was an eye contact exercise and we it just so turns out coincidentally i was in facing opposite the person Elaine who's a really lovely person that I was facing last year not last year last module I keep saying last year and um, you know we kind of thought oh this is funny it's me and you again looking at each other okay here we go so you know you look at each other uh, we're about not even a yoga mat, mat length away from each other and I'm looking across at her and um, Bryony is talking us through it she's saying look initially you're going to feel um, a bit of discomfort you may laugh because it's slightly awkward but see if you can put that to one side and let that subside 
I thought, okay, so we stopped laughing. Then I was look, we look at each other. We weren't smiling then, really. And I thought, well, this could be kind of aggressive, almost this like level of eye contact without smiling. And then she said, look at the re look at the person. And as I was looking at Elaine, I was thinking, man, she has piercing blue eyes like my dad. And I thought to myself, I had this this overwhelming feeling that was coming up, surging up through me. And I thought, I'm going to cry. And the reason was I that I don't think I've ever looked at my dad for that long. And yeah, there it was. My, my chin started to shake. And the reaction on Elaine's face made me cry even more because her, her brow started to furrow. She, you could see the empathy in her eyes when um, I was started to cry. I mean, I, I wasn't sobbing, but it, I was I was really trying to hold back, um, completely just fall on the floor, um, crying. It was very strange um, and very powerful. Uh, I don't know what to read from that. Um, out of respect to my dad, I won't try to um, psychoanalyze what, what, why that could be um, too much. Um, but I suppose for I can't, you know, full disclosure. Um, I think it's a generation thing. I think that um, you know, my my dad grew up in a tough environment and he had to struggle a lot in his life worked really hard and men of that generation who they're 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 you know they are more emotionally well men of our generation are more emotionally in touch um, we're more uh, softer i suppose or just more comfortable with that type of conversation in that type of um with our feelings yeah, you know, even you can see how I'm, I'm struggling to talk about this. Um, so uh, it's just something I thought, wow, it's such a small thing to look at someone, to really look at them uh, without speaking is uh, you can tell a lot by something by someone because we all put on this mask, particularly the mask of masculinity. And um, yeah, I thought, man, the next time I see my dad, I'm really going to look at him. You know, I'm going to not because I, I it's actually me I, I'm the one that finds it awkward um, because you know my dad's a great guy um, I just so it's, it's a long story um, maybe I'll talk about it another time but yeah it it, 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 it it's, it's definitely left a mark on me and um, it was a valuable exercise uh, you know getting them after it ended it was only a minute or so which seemed like a lifetime um, gave Elaine a hug and we kind of moved on from there but um, man you know crying it tires you out it's exhausting isn't it um, funny enough the day before I went for lunch with Bruce shout out to Bruce um, Bruce Chung who was um, on the course and um, we were talking about masculinity and I was saying that uh, I couldn't remember the last time I cried and that I didn't have a reason to but you know, um, and then the next day, yeah, waterworks. So, um, 
yeah and then after all of that ended we did our we did some partner yoga and i was i had so much fun then that that kind of gave me a bit of a release that i could be a bit more relaxed and uh, we did some partner yoga some macro yoga and um we were singing like we were arms around each other and we were singing and it was a little bit cheesy like what i think is a little bit cheesy just because again that's my issue i'm uncomfortable with dancing and singing um unless i'm drunk and i don't drink anymore uh, or unless the dancing is something i've initiated <laughs> you know and it's um yeah but uh everyone else loved it so there you go there's always the the one one miserable solid which was me <laughs> um yeah and um so that that was the the last day um or all that all that business and that was really good fun and then um yeah to end it all off um when we were at the dinner actually dice was walking out he came he had a pint of guinness didn't get a chance to chat to him but he was like hey dude and he just points over in my table and i'm like looking around like what who me he goes you coming yeah you coming climbing tomorrow I said, oh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, trying to be like, oh, yeah, sure. And uh, everyone, and he goes, cool, I'll see you tomorrow. So he went off and everyone looked at me going, what, are you and Dice going climbing? I said, yeah. I was thinking, don't invite anyone else. <laughs> nah. And then I did, I, I invited, well, it wasn't me to invite, but I just said it to the other lads and, and anyone else who went to come. Um, but yeah, on the last day, had a half day, Dice, um, he drove Bryony and um, Co to the airport and then came and met me and we went climbing together which is really cool man you know um it's it was just nice that he would take what offered and want to spend any time with me um you know you think like god knows how many photographs he had to stand and take with people that day i mean everyone's asking photograph including me and um he's there constantly having to do these pictures and I thought, I'm surely he wants to have some time on his own and, and definitely away from a student. But no, he offered, you know, he asked me to go out climb with him, which was great. And um, yeah, I made, I said to myself, as soon as you walked in that climbing center, I said, Dice, where's your bag? And he showed me his bag. I, said, I put my wallet, put my phone, put everything I had in his bag, particularly, most importantly, my phone. I thought, I'm not gonna take one picture one Instagram story and anything with um, uh, while I'm spending time with Dice I thought respect the man as a human being and not as someone I want to piggyback off his fame and be like oh look at me and Dice climbing together um, I just thought you know that's that's not cool to do that um, and hopefully we can be a bit more relaxed and it was really cool man you know to speak to him outside the classroom and get to know him and um yeah he's just a, i mean there's no surprises he was just as nice as i thought he, he would be um and um yeah we did some good training man the geezer can climb bloody hell i mean like stuff he can do uh, i was trying to keep up like <laughs> i ripped loads of skin i mean proper ripped skin off my fingers um and um you know i was like, just a scratch no big deal um but my I, I, it was great to actually climb with someone who was a far better climber than me because i'm not used to that i'm used to climb people rough on the same level as me and um he really he was like just put your leg there 
neck there. And uh, I nearly put, you know, my hip out of joint trying to keep up. But it was great because I, uh, I've been back climbing since, and now I, I have a completely different approach because of him. Um, he's shown me a new appreciation for the skill, the beauty of climbing. Um, so it was great. Um, you know, he said if you're ever in LA, give him a shout. He'll regret that. I'll be in LA. I'll be knocking on his door. Um, but now he's he's a great guy. So. That was just the cherry on the cake for my 10 days uh, with Bryce. I, um, I'm i sure there's loads I'll probably think of, um, but I've made sure to make some notes and these are my main takeaways. Because I think there's so many trainings out there. And as Dice said himself, he tries to offer something unique. Him and Bryce try to offer something unique. And I I really feel the most the best thing about the training is them is bry and dice you can go anywhere and learn how to handstand not anywhere but you, there's those of course that tell you how to handstand but they were just it's very hard to explain like they're such nice it's kind of ordinary people and that for and that's a compliment down to earth um that i mean dice said you know if ever there's workshops or trainings that were on give us a shout they sent to give us their mobile phone numbers um and said give us a shout and you can come along help us out or we pay for flights accommodation and uh, if you do a workshop you can come along for free and um yeah i just thought because they they see it as like a family and i do now when i watch yoga globe i'm only watching dice's classes really i uh, like because i feel like i know the guy I do. I know better than any of the other kind of uh, in, in quote unquote celebrity yogis, and um, yeah, with same with Brian. Um, so to recap, I'd highly recommend Brian's training. Um, it gets you out of your comfort zone, which I needed. It um, brought up some things for me and showed me how I've changed as a person, and. I think that's really good. I think that you, you know, I was reading a lot. I've been reading a lot uh, about Buddhism lately, and I was reading uh, this um, a lot, a lot of Carl Jung stuff, and talking about ego and how a healthy ego is one that doesn't have limitations, that knows that it can evolve, um, that isn't tied to a strict identity, and. I used to, I've been recently thinking, man, I'm not like I used to be. This is a bad thing. I feel like I, I don't have a, a concrete identity as I used to. You know, I used to be like play football, party, you know, like going out and um, be a bit of a clown. And that's, I was kind of, one, I was a bit one dimensional in that respect. But now I'm, I'm much more of a free spirit. And part of that can be a bit, unsettling but um, only if you allow it to be you know I realized that I've changed a lot and that I can change more and that I'm more conscious of that I mean I've got a lot of it's a wall of work in progress and um, to be aware of that's really important um, so yeah of oh, last thing which you already know uh, Brian Dice were kind enough to do on my podcast if you didn't haven't heard them um, Bry was the last episode and Dice was the one before, so episode 11 and 10. 
and um that was so cool of them man we just went down to the car park and um like this underground car park got in the car and uh yeah just chat then you had like half an hour each with them which is fair enough because they're on a tight schedule um, but that was brilliant you know for, for them to do that i didn't think they'd ever do it i threw it throughout there um but yeah so yeah yeah i hope that helps um sorry if i'm not very succinct and polished with how i'm speaking but it's actually quite difficult to speak when you've got no one to bounce off and just carry on talking um but um yeah i really recommend the guys if you've got any questions feedback let me know and um if there's anything else you'd like to know that maybe I haven't covered, or if you are actually on the course and there's anything I've missed that you found really, really important and that helped you, I'd love to hear because I only have one pair of ears, so it'd be great to hear other people's perspectives. That's all I have to say. I hope you have a great week. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to me go on and on. and. I will catch up with you next week when I have Jake Wood from So We Flow on the podcast. Have a great week. Bye.